Previously on that Cthulhu John. Heather, um, there's something I gotta tell you. The Ophidians got to Lenny. He's dead, I'm afraid. We gotta kill them. We gotta kill all of these snakes. Raquel, I I think we need to share this with the others, but I don't know that we can trust them. I think we have to talk to Brightly about this. I don't think they'll be able to deny some of the evidence we have at this point. I'm gonna call a meeting. Give me a second. Heather, you turn around. You see Raquel look like she's starting to crumble. Walter, you don't see anything. Heather, this is too much for you. You sprint out of here. Calm down. We can't have you losing it now. Lenny told me all about this as well kept coming back. You hear the elevator go ding, and in the elevator is Professor Brightly, Tom Winklespect, and Willis Freeman. If everything is true, do you have any evidence of this? Surely you remember Yuki, and I opened the bag. The skin first. Oh my goodness! Perhaps it's time I filled you in on a little bit more. And he pulls up his pant leg, and Heather, you see the same tattoo on his leg that you saw on Yuki's arm. Thanks for joining us for that Cthulhu John episode 50. We Boom. are a real play. Yeah, we are a real play called Cthulhu podcast. I'm George, your keeper of arcane lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chad. Get ready. Special bicentennial episode coming up. <laughs> Chuck. 50 and feeling sexy. <laughs> and Jenny. <laughs> The cat showed up. Oh. I had something that? else planned, but it's, it seems wrong. It seems wrong for such a special anniversary to switch it up now. The cat just walked by, stopped, looked dead at you laughing into the screen, and walked away like, <laughs> Yeah, we're in love. That's why Spirit Animal is your cat. I mean, she's got that black cat walk, so... My cat is so mad right now. I hope he didn't hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, that's the only reason she stopped by. would be like, hey, is that other cat around tonight? I love you too, Professor. I love you both equally. (laughs) This Professor's not your soulmate. No, No, spirit animal. I'm sorry. He doesn't... Oh, spirit animal. I'm Mm -hmm. Living spirit animal. She's got a thing for ferals. (laughs) I do. Makes sense. All right, so when we last left off, Professor Brightly had just shown off a tattoo on his leg that matched a tattoo that Heather had seen on Yuki's arm. And Professor Brightly said while he revealed this, he said, perhaps they should reveal more to you. I could be paraphrasing. And Heather, you recognize this tattoo right away. I don't know if uh, Thompson and... Walter might have seen him when he was getting kicked in the chest. It's like <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think he would know either. Didn't you say it was on her wrist or something? When he was, was reaching for his pant forearm. leg, forearm, okay. I reached into my coat. I got a hand on my gun. Who's the closest okay. to me? Are like Thompson or Walter kind of close to me? 
Uh, we're gonna say that you guys are all kind of together in a, in a little group by yourselves, sitting together. Walter stands up with a grunt and looks at Brightly. He says, well, touche. When you told me you were the leading foremost authority, I thought you were just a pompous ass. And he shakes his head. Yeah. And he, he gets a look of offense on his face for a second there. And he says, Mr. Pendergast, this goes way deeper than you could ever imagine. That I do believe. My grandfather was a rather secluded man who many people regarded as insane. He had told me stories when I was young of a race of serpent people who were asleep deep underground. I of course thought these just to be fairy tales for a long time, but after his passing, I found a book handed down to me by him. It was called The Orendum Anguis Populo, and it details the magical slumber of the serpent people, their reign of 50,000 years and the slumber that began 200 million years ago during the Aquarian meter shower and the prophesied return, which I have interpreted to be this year. Following this, I learned of the cult of Yik, those that had devoted themselves not only to the snake god, but to the Ophidians themselves. When I was young, a mere lad of 18. I involved myself with the cult of Yig. I learned secrets of the Ophidians. I learned of the Black Lotus and how it gives visions of not only madness, but truth at the same time. One thing that I had not learned that I had thought perhaps I would was the exact location of where the Ophidians lie. I suspect that only those who have gone full fang, as it is called, are the ones who are privy to know the location of the Ophidians. You see, I left the cult of Yig before going through the ritual to become a fang of Yig. Once you are fang, you have devoted yourself entirely to Yig for the rest of your life. Now, as far as the tattoo on my leg goes, the ones who become full fang get this tattoo. I have seen it. However, my tattoo is just one that you could get in, say, any tattoo parlor, any filthy tattoo parlor in the city. However, the ones that the full fangs of Yig get, the ink is mixed with the black lotus powder. This induces horrible visions in them. When the ritual of the tattoo is over, they will no longer feel the effects of the Black Lotus. They are immune to it. Any questions? Why would you get the same tattoo that Yuki had? I saw it on her arm. Yuki was a full fang of Yig. I had to prove that I was one too. I showed her my tattoo. However, that wasn't enough. To test to see if I was full fang, she brewed a tea made from the purple lotus and forced me to drink it in front of her. Now, fortunately, I was already aware that this was the final test to go through. And Professor Friedman over here 
provided me with what was it, Professor Friedman? And Friedman gives a little nod and a smirk, and he says, activated charcoal. He says, yes, which prevented my stomach from absorbing any of the poisonous black lotus after I had obtained my own black lotus from her. I left her flower shop, and immediately, once I was out of sight, vomited up everything that was in my stomach. And with the black lotus in hand, I knew that we could perform the ritual that would lead us to the next step to finding where the Ophidians lie. Hmm. How are we supposed to trust you that that's not a real one? Which disgusting tattoo parlor did you get it in then? More importantly, why did you leave the cult? I was only there, good sir, to learn the secrets of Yig and the Ophidians. You were able to smooth talk your way in and convince them that you were a serious, devout follower up to the point where you were able to escape. Somehow. Uh, the cult is more loosely knit than you may think. There aren't many members left, you see. Seems lax. Seems lax? In, in what way, good detective? Uh, I suppose maybe they're desperate for followers, but uh, something that's been around for that long. Seems like they have the traditions and all. Doesn't seem like the easiest thing to be able to just find and join. Oh no, it took me years to get into the cult officially. I found one of the churches where they had formerly gathered, found a worshiper there, befriended them. Formerly, they uh, change locations? Well, as far as the gathering goes, there are not many who go there anymore. Uh, mm. Say, if this was a hundred years ago, there were many that would have filled the chairs there, so to speak. Keep contact with any of these other members? I try not to, for I'm worried about the ones that I knew. I'm worried about what would happen to me after not becoming a full fang of Yig. I would imagine Yuki may have suspected something. She uh, apparently was interested in getting your phone number. She says, yes, well, I got what I needed, so I thought I was out of the woods. If this is true, then what did Raymond and Yuki have to do with one another? What happened to Raymond? Give me a psychology roll. Gonna need a extreme pass, though. Ooh. Extreme! <laughs> no, 58. I try to play it off, and I pretend that it was something in his notes, and I say that... In one of the books, Raymond mentioned not to trust Yuki. How would he know that? Raymond, of course, was in on the entire plot from the beginning. He was aware of how I obtained the Lotus. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the other thing I had wondered, why did you three leave Raquel out of the ritual you performed with the Lotus? And he rolls his eyes and he says, well... Raquel 
wasn't 100% necessary for this ritual, and it happened at a time of night where... And Raquel cuts him off and goes, Oh no, don't you pull that shit with me. It's only because I'm a woman. All you wanted me for was to translate for you. Once that was out of the way, you just left me in the dust. She's a member of the Magus Five. He says, yes, she's a translator, I suppose, but uh, this is all old news. Does he answer the question at all about what happened to Thule? Uh, it looks like he's trying to dodge it, maybe. As far as I know, you and Thule were together before he um, passed away. Some freak accident. Do you know anything about that? Or would your knowledge of the cult of Yig know anything about that? Apparently you didn't know about the seven that were awake, or at least denied it. Walter squints his eyes. Walter says, that's right. We know there's seven now. Three of them have assumed identities. He says we she know the names everything. of two others. Mi- he stumbles a little bit and goes, Mr. Pendergast, I must apologize for assuming that you were incorrect. Does he seem sincere? I was thinking the same thing. He's Walter's squinting pretty hard, giving him the evil eye as he's speaking. All right. Uh, you can give me a psychology roll. Not going to be a very good chance on my part, but who knows? Maybe I can get a one. <laughs> Holy shit, I got a fucking two. Yes! Well, not one, but I'll take it. You can spend a point and make it a spend crit. A point. But, uh... <laughs> Well, wait, let me do some math. Uh, um, yeah, actually, no, that is an extreme pass. He has 14 in psychology. Wow, okay. He seems like he's being sincere in his apology right now. Hmm. Walter stops giving him the evil eye and relaxes a little bit. Takes a deep breath. What should we do about this, collectively? Says, I don't know. Um, whose identities have they assumed? Seem like two uh, major mob figures and the head of the Philadelphia Police Department. Well, they've already killed one of, uh, a nod to Walter and Heather, one of their friends. I don't know if those are the names that we do know, but we know three of seven. Says, oh my goodness. Being both the powerful crime and, and the side of justice as well. We have to find out who the other of the seven are. Perhaps we can get to one of these uh, mafia people. Does anyone know how to get in contact with someone of that ilk? I have a lot of resources. I'll um, set something up. What did you have in mind? Says, well, threaten and torture if necessary at all costs we must get the information from them uh who do you suppose does this torturing walter's looking half dead at this point (laughs) (laughs) i could probably set up the meeting but as far as springing a trap uh it might have to be on your end just a thought here i mean isn't the chief of police your boss i mean would that be any easier uh well He's a much more public figurehead, so I mean, if uh, if a criminal goes missing, it's not necessarily going to raise too many alarms. Whereas, if the chief of police was kidnapped, I would have nothing to do with it, and I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. 
<laughs> I, uh, I gotta keep my head down on this one. And, uh, Brightly chimes in and says, That was my thought exactly, Detective. Um, I could probably set something up, maybe a little out of the way somewhere. In fact, I have a nice idea. There's an impound lot. Um, but, uh, as far as transport or how you want to get them to wherever you're going, that's, uh, I'm gonna be on your end. I can't be necessarily seen. What about you, Willis? Is there anything you can concoct that might aid us? As far as what exactly, he says to you, Walter. Well, they seem to have truth serums and delirium-inducing dusts and Bodies buried in the wall, growing mushrooms that grow and glow. Oh, I don't know if you filled him in on that, but yeah, it seemed like the, uh, mushrooms and the lotuses were connected somehow. He says, yes, the... Mushrooms grew off bodies. The black lotus grows only in the light from the hexubus mushroom. You see, it gives off a light glow, which the flowers consume like sunlight. However, it can only be grown underground. And the groups of fungus... The groups of fungi, of course he would use that word. <laughs> the groups of fungi feed off of human bodies. Hmm. Apologies, Rutherford. You know, you're uh, much more likable when you're being genuine. Says, well, thank you, Mr. Pendergast. Um, now, what is the next step to taking on these ophidians? We have to formulate some sort of plan. Well, I'd like to know if I take activated charcoal now, can I not be cursed? <laughs> she blew the lotus dust in my face. He says, my dear, I'm sorry, um, but the effects of the lotus only last 1d6, uh, or 1d10, I'm sorry, it's, I think it's 1d10 uh, minutes that it lasts. However... Um. Just a little behind this, the curtain here. If you lose more than one-fifth of your sanity in a day, you are prone to delusions. Oh, how about that? The amount of sanity that was lost for, in both Heather and Lenny's case was more than one-fifth of their sanity, which is why they had ongoing delusions after the Lotus wore, wore off. Mm. Okay, so it's not the Lotus that's still taking effect. I'm just nuts. I thought someone mentioned at one point that there was like a number of hours. It takes a load off uh, my mind for some reason. And is it different when you inhale it and when it's injected? No, it doesn't say anything about that. It just tells you how it's... uh, Okay, it's 1d6 minutes per dose. Per dose? Yeah. Right, so you you could essentially you get could like, have a, a higher dose. Yeah. I gotcha. And yeah, and then you lose one d four sanity points per minute. That it's in mm. effect. Oh right. fuck. Yeah. So, and you that guys wound sense. up losing a lot of sanity. I do recall right being upset that I had to keep rolling it, being like, "Why do I yeah. have to keep rolling it? I already rolled for this. <laughs> I did it already." <laughs> All right, that's uh, that is good to know. Um, what about you, Willis? Um, anything to say for when I showed you that um, syringe before? I mean, were you just playing me the whole time? Did you know what was in there? 
He said he lowers his head a little bit and he says, Walter, I'm sorry. Um, Professor Brightly had convinced me that perhaps you just weren't ready for the whole truth and everything, the the Black Lotus, the the cult of Yig, the cult of personality. The, the cult of personality. The the losing ten years of your life. It was just it's just too much to handle all at once, so I'm sorry, Walter, but now you know everything. Walter shakes his head. He says, people, a good friend is, is dead. He, he looks really disappointed, and he lets out a long sigh. Uh, you see Tom uh, look over at you, and he goes, and he says pretty loudly again, I'm sorry about the loss of your friend. My condolences. As he, he pats you on the shoulder. Thanks. <laughs> While you guys are having this conversation, um, from the back, uh, you see Raquel is going through the uh, through that notebook the, that was all in Korean. And as she flips through it, you better hold her skin on. She says, "The full fang of Yig can indeed shed their skin and." run away in the form of a snake. Um, so that checks out in this book, but also... Say anything about if they die while they're a snake? It says, yeah, they are dead when they die as a snake, or uh, if they don't get away, they can die as a person as well, like anyone does. Is there anything in there about how to recognize them without seeing... A tattoo or any kind of way to call them? She says, well, it does detail some sort of uh, ritual here where they drink the Black Lotus tea. I guess if someone is immune to the Black Lotus, that that's one way you could tell. That's fine for if we already know it's them, but otherwise we'd be driving suspects insane. We also don't have very many of these things left, and they don't seem to last very long. The Lotus leaves separated from the plant. They seem to wither fairly quickly. What was it, just an hour or two ago? I pulled yeah. some, maybe pull some petals out of my pockets. Now they're just yeah. like crumbling. Walter looks around the room and asks, collectively, I mean, aside from cold, do we know anything that is uh, effective against these Phidians? Uh, uh, is there any way to detect or find Ophidians or I'll kind of look around at everybody and would not be surprised if one of these guys in this group is a snake person I mean maybe they're not necessarily possessions of power but they're the mages five doesn't get more powerful kind than that of a big deal. <laughs> okay so she tells you she tells you also what I found in this book is uh, some some magics as well. Something called the Dance of Blazing Death. Hmm. Sounds about right. That's probably what she attacked me with. Yeah. I kind of put my hand on my face. Ow. Should I clean this up a little bit? She says another spell here called Thunderfall. What does that do? And then uh, one called Skinwalking. Ooh, that sounds uh, maybe 
like that shed skin there. And another one is called Boon, B-O-O-N, of the Snake God. Does it describe what they do? Boon of the Snake God. She says, yeah, um, the Boon of the Snake God seems to be some sort of ritual in the final stages of the Cult of Yig. And Brightly chimes in and says, Yes, that must be the ritual to become the full fang of Yig. Then she says that the Dance of Blazing Death uh, surrounds you in a uh, fiery oh, yeah. encasement, which also doubles your speed. She was very quick. Yeah. Doubles your speed and uh, can make you more agile, too. Um, the... Thunderfalls just says that you can call lightning with it. Holy shit. Yes. That would probably be enough to hurt a snake person. Watching brightly as he like salivating over this. How's he responding to her saying like we can do these things? Magic. I think everybody in the room is probably salivating. Aside from you. I don't exactly believe it 100% yet. Do these have any negative effects on the person doing them? Like is there anything... She says, anytime you mess with magic, it will fuck with your mind. With that, Walter looks at Thompson, tries to gauge his response to that statement. Talking about magic out loud as if it's a real thing that people use. What you looking like there, Thompson? Um, sitting here, straight-faced, just kind of scanning the room, checking everyone out. You see, I'm, I'm still eyeing up brightly, but I'm checking out these other dudes I don't know as much. Gauge and reaction on all this stuff. I mean, I did just see some of what this book is describing, so... True that, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't really know what to think. Um, he kind of chuckles and says to you, Thompson, uh, talk about a crash course, huh? Hmm. I gotta take it all in. There's a lot of info that I'm missing still, I'm afraid. I think all of us, for that matter. Can yeah. anyone do these spells, or do you have to be full fang? She says to you, well, it doesn't look like most of these spells will need to be full fang, except for the one ritual that puts you in that stage of cultivism. Cultivism. Cultivation. Cultivism. I mean, wouldn't they be good to know in case we do run into... You think in your fragile state you need anything that's destructive to your mind? I'm not even saying me. I'm not saying right now, but I'm saying if you have a meeting with these mobsters that are snakes, like, you know, maybe you need to shoot lightning or turn into a (laughs) ball of fire to fight them. How much of, you know, how much of this is just uh, hallucinations from the Lotus called lightning? I don't know. Walter says... I did see a bitch on fire, though. If it would help and uh, give us an edge in this fight, I would be willing to learn something, even though it would be against me, I guess. I don't think I can use uh, my little Derringer for everything. The call... uh, I'm sorry, so the one calls the lightning, uh, the other one... um, Okay, so the skinwalking... describes a spell that allows you to change your face. Uh, Hmm. That could be useful for all of us at this point. That's fun. 
I want to be blended. Okay, so that's that's the three <laughs> that's the three spells and the one ritual. Uh, Raquel says to you, if any of you are willing to submit yourselves to the backlash effects of these spells, I can translate them for you. I would be interested in the call of lightning. I mean, I'll write them down just in case. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean. Alright, so she says uh, I'm gonna ask her to translate it so I could write it down. Just to just in case. Just in case you need it. Um she says to you, Well, it'll take me a little while to translate the full thing. I mean, I've just kind of looked at the description and name of the spell is so far. There's a lot more to read on each of them. Uh, so if you give me you know, a day, I should be able to have this all translated for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just out of curiosity, does Walter still have the copy of um, Raymond's autopsy with him, by chance? Would that be something he could have kept with his books? Uh, he could have. Um, give me an intelligence roll. I might have it in a file in the car. Ooh. My current investigation. Ten. Uh, that's definitely a pass, I think. Yeah. Extreme pass. Oh, extreme pass. All right. So. Extreme. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. You said that so calm. I didn't even think you yeah. passed. You were like, so um, extreme. it's an extreme. <laughs> no big deal, guys. <laughs> Just totally crushed it, but whatever. All right. Yeah, you definitely made sure to keep it with your paperwork. Extremely. Okay. Um, I, I hate to impede our progress, but, you know, it's still nagging at me. And he produces Raymond Tully's autopsy report. And he begins to read the part about his heart exploding or whatever extreme case happened to him. And um, this time he's trying to gauge the others in the room. Uh, not Raquel or Heather or Thompson, but uh, the other three. Says, uh, would any of you have any ideas of what could have caused something so unusual to happen to our dearly departed? Quite interested myself. Uh, the only explanation that I could possibly think of was one of the seven Ophidians that are awake must have uh, had some sort of powerful spell to uh, crush his heart like that, which sounds just terrible. And Weren't you there when it happened? Weren't you the last one to talk to him? Says, I don't know who he talked to after me. We had a bit of an argument the night before, but it was nothing too bad. Me and Raymond had a tendency to clash here and there. What was the argument about? He was thinking of a different way to go about finding the Ophidians rather than the methods that I had researched. And if you think that maybe one of them got to him first, maybe he did find a way to find these Ophidians. So what did he propose then? He had proposed that the ritual could be conducted at a different time, but it wouldn't have been during the Aquarium Meteor Shower. He wanted to try to get to the Ophidians quicker, but perhaps he did know something about these other awakened ones that he didn't tell me? I'm not sure. Which leads me to another question. Uh, Mm. Raquel brought up a great point, that everyone else has more books than I do in the collection. 
Do you or any of you know what happened to the last book? Did Raymond at one point have as many books as the rest of you? He says, he's, uh, Brightly says to you, uh, yes, well, not the rest of us. I, I happen to have 20 of them. Both Tom and uh, Willis say, yeah, well, we all had 15 aside from Brightly. Okay, so that's what, 50, 65, and then 69, 79? How many, do we know how many books there are? Because I only have 14. It says there are 80 in total. What, did you lose one? Well, I've only ever had 14. I didn't even know there was a 15th until Raquel brought it up. That adds up, but... Oh, Mr. Pendergast, we need to have the entire collection all together. What do we know about Raymond's brother, apart from his name? I never got to know Raymond's brother myself. I'm sure we could probably look him up or something. Maybe I can look into something on my end, too. Um, it's possible he had the book on him if he was, in fact, attacked and something caused that heart attack. It's possible whoever did it took that book. Shit, so we have another problem on our hands. That is an interesting theory, Detective. I think uh, looking into how he um, how he expected to locate these uh, Ophidians it might be our best lead right now, but... His brother's name was Silas Tooley. Uh, he came to the bookstore and... That is such and, a bad uh, guy. <laughs> sold me the 14. Tooley? I don't know. Silas sounds like the name of a snake. Like... <laughs> Silas, Silas. The snake. <laughs> Silas. So what if someone yes. what if yes. someone killed Gaza. Raymond and took the fifteenth book? I hope that the rest of the book will complete the cube. <sighs> Some of the books don't have references that lead to the building of the cube, but if it did, well the ritual could go sour when we perform it. A ritual that sounds dangerous enough as it is. Christ. Stacking up books into a cube? Uh, Needs 80. 79 won't do it. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, how's everybody's uh, plotting going along? Uh, it's been a long couple days, and uh, I really haven't made any progress with the books in my possession. They say to you, uh, uh, Tom says to you, well, I'm about halfway through mine. Uh, mine actually has more than one cube. I think everyone's might have more than one. I'm not sure yet. Willis chimes in and says, well, I'm not quite finished one yet. Raquel? She says, well, I'm about halfway through my first one, I guess. Brightly? Surely you. He says, well, I have done three so far. Shit. Hmm. I don't think there's any more, but we will see. Maybe you guys should all help each other do your cubes before it's <sighs> snake time. We thought it would be best to split it up. That doesn't seem to be working up for you guys so well. <laughs> what is the date? I know it's, well, it's probably midnight or past, so in the Saturday now. What uh, date of the month is it? Well, it's very early in the morning on Saturday the 9th. Um, wait, you mean very late at night Saturday or early in the morning Sunday? 
It is very so early in the morning Sunday. I'm so glad. Okay, good. <laughs> I thought we were on Friday that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you did say that in the beginning. You're like, we've been on Friday for 17 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I was... I was I was still Lenny on Friday, I think, technically. <laughs> right around Friday at midnight was the last time I was Lenny. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. And then, Thompson, uh, I just had an idea. What if you were to use the, the face spell to pretend to be Lenny? Do you think we could use that to our advantage? I mean, the, the snake people... Assuming I entertain the uh, thought that I could look like somebody oh, else yeah. without some kind of movie magic... Um, that's exactly who I thought when they said it first. It would be a yeah. perfect way to lure them into the trap. Excuse me, Detective, Mr. Pendergast. Do you think it's really the best idea to assume the identity of someone that they have already killed? Well, if they were to see him alive, I mean... I think it's perfect. They would immediately, I would think, be drawn to him like a magnet. Perhaps not in a good way, Mr. Pendergast. Well, forgive me for being so presumptuous, but I'd say that Detective Thompson here is probably the most combative of us. I mean, do any of us have any formal training in firearms or combat? And they, they all kind of look at each other. You seem pretty good with a pistol there, Walter. I've seen you firsthand. <laughs> Willis says, I can throw a mean punch. I mean, that's something, but... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm just milling over some ideas here. We're running out of time and perhaps options. Let's do everything we can from all-out warfare on the streets against snake people. I can't have a bunch of college professors running around with firearms. Um, Good point. Hunting and murdering. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, um, I feel like capturing one and the interrogation's a pretty good idea. Ideally, we can you know, uh, contain any major violence or gunfire or whatever, but uh, as far as the pretense that I might lure them out under, it would likely have something to do with Lenny. I don't really know what more else would entice him. I guess I'd think about it, but if you think uh, them coming expecting a fight is a bad idea, that's probably a bad idea as I'd look around and see all the non mm-hmm. non-combative folk well I mean this might be a little science fiction but they don't do well with cold I mean any ideas on some sort of I don't know liquid nitrogen based attack or weapon I mean that's kind of futuristic but Tom I mean you know a bit about mathematics uh, any engineering in your uh, repertoire says well I do know that Professor Freeman over here sometimes deals with liquid nitrogen. And Freeman looks over and goes, yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, this is just a theory, but if the Ophidians assume someone's identity by consuming them, I mean, maybe they don't really have functional arms? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Never mind. But maybe we could freeze them in place uh, or something to bind them? Meet them in a meat locker? Brightly says to you, well, the Ophidians do have arms that they uh, just disguise as if they were human arms, you see. They have arms, they have legs, they don't 
slither on the ground. Wish uh, Walter had seen that sweet statue in the basement. (laughs) You could also switch your face to the police chief and have Uh, a meeting with them, and you can get them all in one room. Oh, shit. That's a great idea. I'm not sure how... I've never seen them together. Um, The police chief was a surprise to me. I knew about... Well, Lenny told me about the others. I don't know. Do you think they know? I don't think they would know that I would... I don't know. I don't know if if they keep contact, honestly. I'm not sure. I would imagine they separate themselves. Um... We're talking about some fairly high-profile people. If anyone see them together, it would look pretty bad. No one in the room, aside from Heather and I, know about this, but we've had other dealings with some supernatural stuff. Uh, Detective, Heather had mentioned a little bit something about the possession of those people in the play. We do have access to a spell which Mm -hmm. gives us the ability to control others. Provided the Ophidians aren't resistant to this type of magic, maybe we could capture one and possess them, kind of, and make them tell us what we need to know? I feel like maybe basing our plans on something more solid, it's less speculation. I mean, we're talking about relying on spells. (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, You know, to at least um, control or interrogate these creatures. Uh, Have you ever used it before? You don't know if it works on them or not. It might be worth a shot, but uh, it's a gamble. I agree, but this whole thing is a gamble. I mean, you have a a college worth of resources, at least, and some of what I can acquire. I mean, what about uh, drugs? You know, they did all those experiments with LSD, you know, 20, 30 years ago, whatever it was. (laughs) Maybe more. What are you saying? Inject them with something like they did to Lenny, or...? I can't see why not. I mean, that would, I think, be worth a try before relying on witchcraft. (laughs) Sorcery. Uh, Do they bleed? But surely the physiology is different. Do we really know? I mean, I know Lenny did mention. Not that that we would know that the spell would work. Got a couple good licks in. I mean, but um, uh, well, there's another. There's another question. Will that work on them? Will magic? I don't know. Seems like one's a a bigger gamble or a bigger risk than the other. Well, Brightly chimes in, and he says. They can be hurt by normal means. Anything that would hurt a human should hurt them as well. Any sort of bodily harm, uh, gunfire, a baseball bat to the head. Um, Jesus. Lightning? Lightning, (laughs) yes. Uh, The effects of magic would definitely harm them unless they had some sort of stronger spell, I don't know, but... As far as I know, the abilities to do magic are, although great, somewhat limited. Um, well, if that's the case, that a battery charger should probably do the same as lightning, right? And you wouldn't have to summon anything. It's back to my point, I feel like uh, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't rely on the stuff that we don't know anything about yet and use um, realistic uh, ideas. 
that are within our current grasp. I agree with you, Detective. After all, magics are quite dangerous. I mean, if these guys are some kind of heralds for their sleeping people, I don't know how much they actually care about their own lives. They probably care more about doing their jobs. So um, threatening them with bodily harm, we're likely to get a lot of misinformation. I feel like drugs might be a better bet or find something else. I don't know. I mean, you could try it, but I'm no master of torture. If you just take your gun, like, don't they let you in their, like, the office? Like, they trust you. They tell you got the I'm not getting involved with them. I'll, uh, I might be able to set up a meeting of sorts or a place to ambush them, but I don't want to be seen there. I don't, I certainly don't want the chief of police to find out. Or I'll be on a slab just like I'm sorry. I'll end up like your friend Lenny. You say it, you bastard. (laughs) 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 To get his name out of your... You put his face on and make us all happy. You Yes, you better wear his face and you stay Lenny. You hear me? (laughs) (laughs) And you you turn your face into his face. Why did you tell her that that can happen? I'm going to go to Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me? Where snakes can't get us because it's cold. We're gonna open a bookshop. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, man. It's sad, she's crying. Oh, it is sad. <laughs> Lenny is cool. He's alright. Um you did mention again that that play and I guess there's magic involved in that. The 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 king in yellow. Bad, bad. Director was possessing anyone. Like look around at the others, and he possessed the entire play staff. I mean, the doormen, the actors. I kind of look around at the other professors. Say, does this ring any bells to you guys? They all look at each other, look back at you, and go. No, they all kind of shake their heads no and just kind of murmur no under the breath and stuff. So this is something different. I say that there was no reason to bring it up before, but uh, he pulls out a um, or he pulls out his book and says, uh, apparently, um, Professor Derek Bradshaw is the playwriter, or I'm sorry, leading the play and uh, directing the troupe, but uh, he had some book which Heather took and I took these uh, passages that are also spells if you guys are interested in reading them over um, it appears that uh, if you make the person transcribe this symbol you then have the ability to uh, lock them under your control I don't know if doing any of this would yield control to the director however though uh, mm. separate question though do any of you know this Bradshaw I mean I know uh, there's plenty of colleges around here, but uh... Uh, Raquel speaks up and says, "Yeah, he's the head of the performing arts department." Wait, he uh, at your? Yeah, at University of Pennsylvania, and he's uh, using magic, like the bad magic, the the director. We're, we're talking about the same Derek Bradshaw here, right? Had I not left the book behind, he would have killed Heather and me. Oh my god. 
He's bad, bad news. But to what end? What is what is he trying to do? Uh, I forget his exact words because we were kind of being chased and in a life or death situation, but something to the effect of, you know, uh, world potential. And yeah, I, I don't know like exactly he what he said, but... Uh, we would all know soon what was happening. Yeah. The book was bad. I didn't really want to add more to our heaping pile of steaming dog shit here, <laughs> but uh, suddenly it seems a bit more relevant. Uh, Holy shit, you guys know this asshole? Uh, you hear Tom speak up. And he says, Yeah, the guy's kind of a kind of a hothead, a little bit of a loudmouth. He says, But I wouldn't expect him to be into any sort of magic or anything. If he's trying to bring about the end of the world, who knows uh, if it's possible or not, but we're trying to stop the end of the world and this guy's making the end of the world too? What's, what, what can we do about all of this? This is terrible. Do you think he could be the fourth of seven? I mean, it's a stretch, hmm. but... Uh, I mean, if they're all trying to bring about the end of the world as we know it... Maybe he's just working a different angle than the others. Well, Interesting. That could be, Mr. Pendergast. Um, the original book was something French from the 1800s, I think. Uh, might I do a little history roll? Absolutely. See if I could give him any more detailed information about that? Seeing that I've read it and all. Uh, yeah, 25 is half of my history roll. That's a hard pass right there. So, yeah, you remember... Oh, yeah, that's right, because you've read so much of it. So, you recall that the uh, original publication was in French and uh, was originally a small, uh, kind of almost a, a booklet, but the way that it was transcribed for Professor Bradshaw was that it had the play written on one side and then transcribed and then uh, transcribed or translated into English and then the insights of what could be happening and what the play means in the other page opposite of the translation. Hmm. All right. So I do my best to kind of relay as much of that as I can. And though I don't really know much about it, you know, at least recall what uh, details kind of stuck when I read over it. I wonder where this director fellow could have gotten such a strange... And as, as he's looking through the papers that you gave him, he's a, such a strange book. Indeed. And unfortunately, these are only two of the three spells he had in that book. But considering what he did to Heather's roommate, I'd say he's extremely dangerous. Says, um... You said they had to draw the symbol on their own. How can we get them to do that? Well, there are other nefarious means. Heather was kind of... Uh, seduced by the symbol, indirectly. Um, her roommate had, uh, I guess, traced it onto the mirror, and when the steam filled the bathroom, it kind of made it surface again. If that's the way I understand it, he looks to Heather. Yeah, like you don't have to necessarily make them draw it. You just have to make them make it appear. You just have to be the cause. Yeah, you have to be responsible for it. I see. Interesting. 
like tracing it in water and putting a piece of paper down. I'm sure there's some way. Um, <laughs> but if you drew it in two halves and put them together, that would be making it appear, right? I, that's one way of doing it, I guess. We just have to figure out a way that one of these things is going to... I can't believe I'm even speculating this with you. You're in it now, Luke. <laughs> Something that felt natural, though. Make it appear. I don't know. I feel like we shouldn't rely on it, though. But if you want to look into that possibility more, I suppose that's something. Brightly says, well, we certainly have all our work cut out for us. Uh, it is late. Perhaps it, we should reconvene tomorrow. Uh, do you mind if I use the bathroom? I'll get Raquel. She says, no, yeah, go ahead. Step away for a little bit. <laughs> Come out wiping my nose. Yeah. Guys, um, I gotta ask. I mean, you know, things have kind of escalated rather quickly. Um, does everyone here have the means to defend themselves? They all, they all kind of look at each other and they go, well, I have a security system at home, says Freeman. <laughs> I got a mean punch, but I don't know what I can do against a, a spell or something. From uh, from what I understand, a punch is rather effective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hit her with a trash can, and it helped. Yeah, crush her. Flattened her. Just completely flat. Pancake. <laughs> it was like a ketchup packet, except snakes came out. Oh, <laughs> guys. I and then uh, Tom speaks up and says. Well, I don't have any means right now to protect myself, but I'm sure I'm going to go out and get some. Maybe a nice shotgun or something. Just uh, be safe about it. Try not to keep it loaded. Lock it up around children. Says, oh, that's okay. I don't have any kids. <laughs> I love Tom. <laughs> uh, detective, voice. you uh, got, a, got a little something here. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Some, a bit of dust or something. <laughs> Was that salt? I don't know. <laughs> so it's salt on the table. Soft pretzel salt. So bright. <laughs> Does Heather notice this? <laughs> He's rubbing the salt off his nose. <laughs> I don't know. You can give a spot hidden if you want. I want to know. <laughs> 52. I'm careful. No. I'm a good detective. That's a pass. I look but in mirrors. It's not. I mean, yeah, I was I, I was mostly just joking. <laughs> uh, addiction right. is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Um, this is all so much. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe everyone uh, after a night of rest could figure something out. Um, when did you guys want to reconvene? Tomorrow, okay, so it's early in the morning Sunday. Yeah, everyone will be back to work in two days. Well, it is Sunday now. Perhaps later in the afternoon, say, um, three o'clock? Does that work for everyone? Everyone kind of nods. Yeah. Make it work. Says, perhaps in the meantime, just try to come up with ideas and how to deal with this, but uh, get a good night's sleep. We have a lot to talk about tomorrow. A lot of planning to do. Indeed. 
Walter opens up the four barrel of the uh, Derringer and takes out the spent shell, puts it in his pocket, clips it back together, puts the Derringer in his pocket again. Okay. I'm down to three rounds. I'm going to need something else. Mm. All right. Can't just get these at the corner store. I don't know if you can get them on Sunday either. Probably not. Uh, Raquel, is there any way I could help you translate that? I think I might do some studying tonight. She says, well, if you speak Korean. Well, I mean, if you read the words out loud, could I write them down? Like, read them in English? English? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose we could do that. Probably have to go sentence by sentence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she'd have to, like, read the whole line first. I smell coffee. <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, that's right. I did put some on. Forgot to offer it to anyone. Sorry, it's just just so much going on. Uh, yeah. You gonna be all right if I leave you here, Walter? Do you need a lift to the hospital? <laughs> Maybe. I got this some skin over there if you need it. No, there's coffee Shit. on. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, I think uh, I'll get to the hospital after mm. a little bit of studying. Man is committed. Ever the Walter. He shrugs, and we're running out of time here, people. I gotta get going then. Um, we'll meet tomorrow then. Uh, is it back here? Uh, should we find a safe location? That's kind of something else I was thinking about. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, Maybe I'm being paranoid. A detective, would you have any idea of a good location to convene? You can just name something. Anywhere should be fine, really. Uh, nowhere specific. What am I... I don't know. I was thinking the school or somebody's house would be better. Uh, especially if there's, I don't know, books and other stuff involved. Also, does anyone want those bodies? <laughs> um... Maybe, uh, I know a couple warehouses that, uh, don't get a lot of use. If you want to meet somewhere shady, that would be more suspicious. I can dress differently and blend into the crowd, detective. Well, excellent then. Um, by all means, um, let's head down to, uh, mention some, uh, some dark number in South Philly. Uh, and he says, uh, yes, well, we'll meet there tomorrow, uh, in the afternoon. Pull right into the, uh, side of the warehouse, the, the giant... The warehouse that you mentioned. The giant doors will be open. Alright. Okay. So you guys make that plan up. Uh, Walter, you're staying to help translate this thing? Yeah, man. I pour two cups of coffee if Raquel's having one. Okay. Um, after that long conversation... I'm gonna go to sleep on her couch. Because I've okay. been kidnapped, so I'm, I'm just nuts. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna say it's about 1.30 in the morning at this point. Um, after, you know, you guys have all talked and wrapped things up. Departed. So, Thompson, uh, I guess you're heading home. Yeah, um... Yeah, I guess I can probably wait till I get home. Um, I wanted to call and see if anything came back on the um, the bolo on his vehicle. See if any any cops stumbled across it yet in the few hours it's been. Um, all right, give me one second here. Then I'll probably get ready to like shower and shit, and maybe 
iron another cheap suit um <laughs> take some new shirts out of out of like the the bag that they're in and then throw out the one i'm wearing well before you get home uh-uh. uh or as you get home detective thompson uh-huh. there is a note on your door it's like a sticky note where they and invented oh go on well, it's a note taped to your door. A piece of paper is taped to your door. <laughs> it's not a knife, at least. That's good. Uh, I'll take a look. And it says, Gregor is on to you. Call me. And it has a number down there. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Why would you just say that and then say, we're not going to do it now? No. We're, not, like, we're not going to... We're just going to leave it there. No, what would you say? <laughs> just going to leave it there. Why would you say that? Huh? <laughs> what? So there's somebody else, some like some watcher. Is it Lenny? <laughs> That'd be neat. Um, the show Ghost Writer is based on Lenny, the old crummy children one, not the newer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where the ghost could communicate in spelling I to the children. I love that show so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that show so much. Yeah, they spent a whole $6 on special effects. Oh, it was good. Yeah. It was perfect. It was really, I loved it. It was, it was like, pretty whoa. great. <laughs> it was like the disappearing, You could tell it was game. moving because it had like the three parentheses <sighs> after it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, <laughs> totally moving around. <laughs> I want to well, watch that, that now. <laughs> All right, so I just want to say thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks especially to our Patreon supporters. Thanks, everybody. And uh, remember, till next time, sanity is overrated. Happy golden episode. Oh, yeah, fitty. Big fitty. fitty. Yeah, big five. Oh. When we left off, Professor Brightly had just uh, revealed a tattoo that looked just like Millie's. Not Millie. Fuck. <laughs> she was in a gang, too? Yeah. She was part of the window hose. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't click that away. It was great. <laughs>